0: They are, by far and away, one of the best British bands that have been around in my lifetime anyway. Why they never get nominated for these Lifetime Achievement Awards is a bit of a travesty, I think.
1: When you can make one of the Gallagher brothers happy, well, that's something pretty cool, isn't it?
2: The J-Files on Double J.
1: Fearless, eclectic and a force to be reckoned with, British band Primal Scream are the ultimate musical chameleons.
2: I
0: was blind
1: jangly indie pop beginnings to riding the acid house wave of the early 90s, none of their albums sound the same, which is pretty impressive considering that they've released 11 records to date. I'm Gemma Pike and this is the J Files podcast. Every week, you and I will dive into the Double J archives to dig out the incredible stories behind the music. And today, it's the ever-evolving phenomena that is Primal Screen. And what better way to get the stories behind the music than to go straight to the source? We put some of the big questions to frontman Bobby Gillespie.
3: <laughs> um, you know, we there was, uh, there
1: was a, a party going on for the whole tour, yeah. You'll also hear about the 70s punk icon who was a huge influence on the band.
4: You can listen to that song and you want to just fly.
1: And we're adding something new to the podcast. I want to hear what you think of the artists we feature each week. Your stories, your favourite albums, your gig memories. I want to hear it all. kick off today in Scotland in the early 80s. And a young Bobby Gillespie signs on as the drummer for the Jesus and Mary chain. It's actually Bobby Gillespie that you hear on their now iconic debut album, Psycho Candy. Just like. But before the Jesus and Mary chain, he played bass for another British band. And as he told Robbie, Marie, and The Doctor on Triple J in 2009, his first ever gig was pretty memorable.
5: I had some friends in a band called The Wake. They got a gig support in New Order in Bristol. And the night before the gig, their, their bass player um, kind of shut himself and um, went missing. So... They called me up and um, asked me if I would kind of substitute for them. So I said, yeah. I don't know why I knew the songs <laughs> or how, but I, knew how the, I kind of knew how they went. And um, Anyway, we went to Bristol, and I, when we got there, kind of realised, well, I don't have a bass amp, and I don't have a bass. <laughs> we watched New Order Soundcheck, and uh, it was pretty amazing, you know. I walked up to Peter Hook, who was like a real idol of mine. I'd never met him before. I said, um... Can I borrow your bass Your bass amp And he said F*** off And I was like oh. And he went oh, Of course you can ah. There was his Yamaha bass That he used he, he, If you see the Joy Division Video for um, Love Water tear a apart He plays it now, And I was like Oh my god <laughs>
6: so you actually the first ever gig you played yeah. the bass that was on Love Will Terror as a part one of the yeah, most iconic yeah. songs of the yeah, 20th century yeah, yeah. well done Bobby well yeah I mean it, yeah, yeah yeah, well it was in the
5: video I don't know if you used it on the record yeah. but um, I was absolutely shit myself <laughs> come together oh, oh come together
1: 1992, when they were here in Australia, Bobby Gillespie and Martin Duffy dropped by Triple J to talk to Richard Kingsmill about the music that influenced them. And as you can imagine, the list of artists they selected was pretty eclectic. Kingsmill actually made an offhand comment about how their choices weren't very contemporary. Well, I mean,
0: what's contemporary? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's like if somebody said to you, what's your favourite book, right, and you said... Uh, Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. You know, it's like it's still relevant. It's still relevant, you know. And it's like these records, are... you know, it's like it's, They move me. They People move Martin, yeah. you know. And if you know, if you you, you read a book by Dostoevsky or Shakespeare, and it means something to you, you can relate to it, or you learn something from it. You know, it's like it's just it's it all the there. Uh, you know, all this, all this music and literature. Film and you know, like what you know, whatever you want to look for,
4: you know, to sort of like to get in it, it's, it's all there to be enjoyed. It's it's dividing the good and the bad, and time, and yeah. basically, music's timeless. So, so when people say, Oh, you, you're really into the sick, you're quite influenced by the 60s, <laughs> I mean, you're talking the 1860s, 1760s, you know, the 60s, you know, what 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 century are you speaking? I mean, you're talking figures, or are we talking music? and it doesn't, it does not come into it. It's timeless. See, music what? is timeless. It's timeless. See, this thing people it's have timeless. got. The thing
0: that people have got a bit, p- p- oh, I don't know, man. You know, I just like what I like. Timeless. Okay, that's right, true. I like what I like, okay. right, and I don't give a shit what anybody thinks.
1: Once they got over their gripe about being asked to analyse music, they got talking about one of the artists who have inspired them. 16 and time to pay off. Get this job in a piss factory inspecting pipe 40 hours 36 dollars a week but it's a paycheck jack
0: well I, I can really relate to this song exactly I a really bad job in a factory and that song really meant a lot to me you know it still does mean a lot to me I think it's like I think it's Pike Smith's finest work
1: all these women that got no teeth and- cranium and the way they suck hot sausage But me, well, I wasn't saying too much neither I was more a schoolgirl, hard-working asshole I figured I was Speedo Motorcycle had to
0: earn my dough, had to earn my dough
4: but now you got Richard Hale said, like, uh, be your own hero and uh, Piss Factory completely sums that up. And, like, at the age of 14, 13, 15, the age of 70 you you can listen to that song and you want to just fly you want to just get out of where you are and just you don't want to you don't you don't want to be you working for anyone or be under anyone and take any shit off anyone because you're a hero and you inspire yourself
0: with with a record like piss factory you know it's like I I've loved that record you know if you listen to the lyrics that song, it's like, you know, it's like, that was my life, and I was like, you know, like 16. Down,
1: Because you see it's the monotony that's got to me Every afternoon like the last one Every afternoon like a rerun Next to Dot Hook And yeah, we look the same Both pumping steel Both sweating But you know she got nothing to hide And I got something to hide here called desire I got something to hide here
0: It's a, it's a great record. It's a beautiful, you know, beautiful piano. Just great rap by Patti Smith.
1: Now, have you ever wondered what it's like to be on the other side of the radio, doing my job, asking rock stars questions? Well, I thought I'd give you the chance to ask Bobby a question, and here's what went down.
3: Hey, Bobby, it's Dan here. Uh, I just wanted to know if there's any truth to the rumours that when you did the Scream Delica tour, um, you guys were really hitting it as hard as they say on the drug front. Just curious if the rumours are true. (laughs)
0: Um,
3: Yeah, uh, uh, you know, we... uh, There was a... There was a party going on through the whole tour, yeah. There was a... There was a kind of chemical uh indulgences and um I, I don't even know what the rumors are but i know that there were some casualties you know i wasn't one of them but um yeah it was uh, we had a good time and we we um yeah it was kind of cornucopia drugs and sex and rock and roll so there you go Hi, Bobby. I'm um, um Just want to ask you, what is your favourite album in your in the catalogue? Uh, the, the live in Japan is a very good record. I don't know if you've ever heard that. It was kind of it's quite. It was It was a limited. It was a. It was released only in Japan. But it was like a, a live recording of the first night at the set in Tokyo. And uh, the list was mostly from. Exterminator and the, the Exterminator and Evil Heat albums, and it was the lineup. We had Manny on bass, Kevin Shields guitar, Robert Young guitar, Andrew's guitar, keyboard stuffy. We I think we had the horns. I'm not sure if we had the horn section then, but it we had quite you know it was a it was a wall of sound with three guitar players and. Um, That's quite a ferocious album. There's no overdubs. It really is a a purely live album. And it was mixed by Kevin Shields.
1: Um, I've got one more question for you from Paul from Redfern, who would like to know how creative people like you create and maintain energy and how you connect to greater purpose.
3: Uh, I guess just where I just have a drive to, to, to make new things and be creative and I, you know I want to express myself and write songs so it's just something that's always there you know it's um, there's a joy in making things there's a joy in you know just being I just want to be a creative artists yeah we, we just we like just like to make stuff you know and try and make music and put it out there in the world and hope for other people can you know, enjoy it and take something from it. Yeah, I just oh, I just want to live a creative life and write and make music and perform. And it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a joyful way of living, I guess. You know, I I used to work in a print factory when I was a teenager, and you know, but I much prefer being you know an artist. It's um it's, it's um it makes me happy, you know. Just what is it that you want to do?
2: Well, we want to be free.
1: With a career spanning more than three decades and 11 albums encompassing rock, acid house, dub, reggae, psychedelic, pop and more, it's not surprising that a bunch of Australian artists count Primal Scream as an influence.
4: This is Paddy from Sticky Fingers. Screamadelica is an all-time classic. The songs, the style, the artworks, it's all there. There's a certain track on... um, Sticky's record called If You Go. If you listen to it, you can hear that we've like pretty much uh, directly ripped off a certain um, Primal Scream song off Scream and Delica. I really hope Bobby Gillespie isn't listening to this, but yeah, just don't tell anybody, eh? just between us.
1: Hey, this is Liv from OPEP, and I am a fan of Primal Scream because of their song, Damaged. Were on tour with Bastille Art a few years ago in Canada, and she would cover this song every night. And every time I heard it, I was like, What is that? and I followed it up and became obsessed. Mama, mama. Mm-hmm. And that led me to Scrimadelica. And it was then I realized I was listening to such an influential band, I, I recognized a bunch of their songs including Moving On Up and um, that's how I got there that's how I became a fan a knowing fan of Primal Scream.
2: Hey I'm Timothy Nelson and I sure do love me some Primal Scream Mm -hmm. Primal Scream kind of remind me of Beck in the sense that they seem to want to change their genre in every, every new record they do, they reinvent themselves. They don't seem to repeat themselves, that they're a rock and roll band one minute, or then they do this weird foray into like house music. I think Exterminator, one of those later records, is like this really offensive, harsh, kind of punky thing that doesn't sound like them at all. Like you can hear a new Primal Scream record and just, it's virtually unrecognizable. And I think that's how they managed to never be dated in that sense.
6: Hi, this is Dan from Cut Copy. I've always been fairly obsessed with Primal Scream because they're a band that spanned this seismic shift from 80s band culture to what we think of now as acid house and rave music. And I think they were a band with a lot of attitude, this um, rebellious punk spirit, where they were happy to throw seemingly incompatible sounds together, incompatible elements, and made them their own. Basically, sticking up two fingers at the music establishment's preconceived idea of what a guitar band should sound like. That was pretty unique. I don't think any other bands um, had ever really kind of made that kind of evolution before. We've sort of always had a similar shared uh, love of DJ culture as well as band culture, so I think a large part of my interest in their music comes from that and probably um, would have influenced us in in some way over the years as well, uh, making our records and sort of feeling like, um, you know, trying to throw all these elements together is uh, is actually somehow going to work and turn into something listenable at the end.
1: And what do you love about Primal Scream? Hi, this is Georgia from Perth. I really love Primal Scream. I have done since the beginning, I guess. What I love about them is that they always create something really unique and yet they keep evolving.
5: Do I love you well. I wish
1: you'd never that sound, as it evolves, always seems relevant. A testament to that is when they play live and they play a set that cuts across right through their back catalogue, it all seems to fit together, even though their style always changes and evolves.
3: I'm Edmund from Sydney, I'm Big Fent. Um, I'm with I saw them back in the Frick Day Out in 2000. Yeah. When they are doing um, the Exterminator album with Kevin Shield in, in the band and that was one amazing gig um, and Exterminator is, is an, an amazing album which I'm still playing after this Hey this is Dan from Newcastle. I'm a huge fan of Primal Scream. Uh, in particular the album Scream of which uh, changed my music life pretty much I went from listening to typical indie music in England when I was about 16 to having this new kind of crossover thing that made me rethink what I listened to loved it so much that when we got married my wife and I had come together as the music we walked into our reception to
5: Hi,
2: it's Brett from Sydney, I really like primal scream because uh, they remind me so much of the early rain scene in Sydney in the early 90s and having an excellent night and it just continued from there until I got a bit harder and I would say a little bit more angrier but they just rocked the house whatever they do.
1: That's it from me. You can read Dan Condon's J Files feature article at doublej.net.au. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, let a friend know about it and spread the word. Coming up next week, I'm Gemma Pike. I'll see you next
6: time. The J Files.